Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 21 of the Solving Problems podcast, where we help you use story to reach more people and grow your church. My name is Jonathan Corona. If we haven't met, I'm the host of the show. I'm joined, as always, by our co-host, Kyler Nixon. Kyler, today is a fun one for you because we're actually talking to a friend of yours who uh, has actually implemented some, some of the stuff that we've talked about on the podcast. Can you give a little bit of an idea of the background of this episode? Yeah, my um, our guest today, Aaron Bolton, uh, is the Tempe campus worship pastor at Gateway Church um, based out of Scottsdale, Arizona. He actually went to the same uh, college as me. We have a lot of mutual friends. And then we met at uh, at church when I was doing some some work with them and just got to be um, pretty solid friends. So I uh, really love Aaron. His heart to serve, his heart to worship is, is really apparent in this episode. But today he's basically going to be talking about how can we utilize our worship services um, you know, particularly the, the worship component, you know, the first 25, 30 minutes or whatever to make people the hero and really just get, get out from behind the curse of knowledge that we tend to operate in, in the worship level. Um, and he has some really practical ways that, that he does that today, but, um, he's implementing this, he's in it. He's like right in the thick of, of doing a lot of this stuff that he talks about today. So I'm really excited for, uh, people to, uh, to hear it. He actually heard, uh, one of the episodes we did last season on the curse of knowledge. If you haven't listened to that, go back and check it out. Um, it's the one called, I think it's like how we accidentally turn people away without knowing it, but he listened to that one and it kind of changed to how he approached, uh, his worship planning and his worship leading. So it's been, it's real cool to hear for us, just the practical implications of something we've been doing. Mm-hmm. But as someone who sat in worship services, um, that Aaron has led Kyler, you've had a firsthand experience of just how this has impacted what he does. Totally. Well, and it was kind of funny too, because last season when we were talking about the curse of knowledge, like the weekend before we recorded that episode, I, I, I think I could be mixing, uh, mixing them up here, but there was a song that we did in church, um, called raise a hallelujah, where our, one of our pastors came on stage and explained the song. And then the atmosphere of worship just dramatically shifted. And I think I use that as an example. If I didn't say it in one of the episodes, I, I mentioned it to you, uh, offline, but it was really, Aaron kind of talks more about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it was kind of interesting how Aaron approached that from the one on stage. I don't know if he was leading that weekend or if he was just kind of involved maybe in the planning process, but, um, it was just, it's interesting as me, someone who was just in the worship service as a regular attender compared to someone like Aaron, who's involved in the actual planning of the service. And he kind of talks about how that was an intentional decision and how they're literally just almost said exactly what I said. The atmosphere of the room just totally changed. So he talks a little bit about that, uh, today and kind of how they got to that point, um, in service. And if you're a worship leader listening to this, um, I want to go and tell you on the front end, like we are not criticizing anything you do. Kyler and I have both been on worship teams. Um, we've both been in that process. So we have a great respect for what you all do. So um, this episode, you can go ahead and like put your fists down. We're not going to, we're not criticizing or anything. We just want to talk about how we can shift f- into being the guide for our audience and our congregation and how we can guide them to Jesus as worship leaders. uh, I talk about this a little bit more in the episode, but um, we're going into a spiritual battle and you guys are our guide to get us to Jesus. You're the one who's paving the way. And so it's a little bit of a different mindset as opposed to you're just worshiping and hoping people follow you versus being active guides in taking us to Jesus. So that's what today's episode is about. I was really encouraged just to hear it and just to hear the transformation in um, 
to hear the transformation in Aaron and what he has been doing. So totally. um, I hope you enjoy it. But before we get to Aaron's interview, I just want to give you the disclaimer that we give every week. Kyler and I are not employed by StoryBrand. This podcast is not endorsed by StoryBrand or Donald Miller or his team. Uh, we're simply StoryBrand certified guides, which means we've had advanced training by Don and his staff to help you implement the StoryBrand framework into your church. So with that out of the way, let's go ahead and bring the dance music up. And then Aaron's going to be on the other side. And we're here with Aaron. Go ahead and say hey to everybody, Aaron. Hey, how's it going? So before um, we get in the episode about like how you have changed and are leading worship now, um, can you tell us a little bit about how you used to lead worship and what your typical approach was to a worship set before you were kind of introduced to the idea of making people the hero of the set or to look at things from their perspective? Yeah. Before hearing even, I wasn't even very familiar with the concept of the curse of knowledge. It was very much uh, trying to plan and, and, and lead from a place of, I just want to make sure I do a good job. I want to make sure there's, you know, nothing distracting. I want to make sure that um, I do the best job I can. I want to, I want to bring excellence. I want to do all these different pieces. And so, like you said, you get so focused on this uh, almost 10,000-foot view of uh, of maybe leading worship or, or listening to songs over and over, and, and, and you get so into them that as soon as it comes to Sunday morning, you're like, all right, I'm ready to go. So everybody else, like, let's go. Here we go. Um, I think even... Even just trying from a uh, from a way of just wanting everything to feel excellent and to and to feel like it has a natural like flow of the whole service and you don't want to feel like you leave anybody behind it gets it gets it, almost the point of distraction can be when you're trying to not distract people almost because you can leave people behind. Yeah. And that's one of the experiences I've had in church where like, I walk into church. I've, I've been fighting my kids to get dressed that morning. We just cleaned up breakfast. We got to church. Uh, hopefully we're on time. We got them checked in and then I'm finding my seat and okay, cool. I'm, ex- I'm, I'm glad to be at church, but then like the first song hits and within two lines, the entire worship team has their hands in the air and they're worshiping at the right hand of Jesus. And I'm like, I'm not there yet. Yeah. And they just skipped ahead 13 steps and I feel like I'm left behind. Oh yeah. I was, I was actually having a great conversation with one of our pastors the other day about how, uh, because especially in worship, you, you try to, you want to be engaging. Um, and so you almost want to, not in a, not in a fake way, uh, but in an authentic way, you want to, you want to engage in worship, you know, even physically by lifting your hands or, or, or whatever that is. Uh, but, it, but this other pastor at our church brought up the example that, you know, if, if our, uh, if our pastor walked into, you know, a meeting or, or something and said, Hey, everybody, you know, I just got done with, uh, four or five hours of quiet time. And, and I really felt like God spoke this and, and spoke this uh, in some way you can go that that's amazing that, that he did that and that he's there and he's doing that. But it kind of makes you go, Oh, I don't, 
I don't do four or five hours of quiet time. I, you know, I'm I just cuss my kids out on the way yeah, here. Yeah, no, exactly. So in the same way, you like you show up to church and you see this team that's like uh, this worship team that, from their perspective, they're trying to like um, be engaging and make you feel comfortable in raising your hands. And then as the person that's standing there in the congregation, you're like. Oh, good for them, but I am not there yet. And if they're already there and I'm not, then <laughs> how much more like how much deeper can we go? And like and to be to be fair to the worship team because the worship team takes a lot of crap and I don't want it to feel like I'm piling on worship leaders because I'm not. But by the time service rolls around, you've already had a at, at the very least a line check where you played through a couple songs probably. Mm-hmm. And you've probably had a time of prayer before service on top of the practice you've had that week. Sure. So when you come into the service, like this stuff means so much more to you and you're already there. Sure. And I feel like we can leave people behind very easily. Yeah, absolutely. Before our services, we'll do like maybe five minutes of just an acoustic worship song with just the the team, with the music team and the production team. Uh, and it's these really cool moments because we've just, you know, we've spent however many hours, you know, just rehearsing, getting ready for the weekend. And then we'll do one song that's uh, just an acoustic and vocals, uh, nothing plugged in or anything. And everybody kind of crowding around in a room and it's this like special intimate moment where we're all just singing a song together and you kind of get done with that and you're like, I'm ready to go. You know, wow. I feel, I feel filled up with the Lord and I'm ready to go. And then that song one comes and you're like, yeah, you know, I'm like, I'm so ready to go. And I think I I totally see what you mean though. And in a way um, that preparation can almost uh, disguise you as the worship team leader, whatever it is from being able to see like, Hey, don't forget somebody just, uh, you know, this couple that's standing right there, they just got into a huge fight uh, on the drive over here. And they're actually both pretty upset with each other. And, uh, this person that's walking in right over here, you know, they're smiling and happy and looks like everything's great, but their life's falling apart and this is going on. And, uh, it's easy to forget that. And it's easy to kind of just get a quick glance around the room and like, all right, everybody looks pretty good. Here we go. And I think for me, one of the examples I use when I'm talking to people a lot is I, I really believe in the spiritual war that's going on around us. Yeah. And it's been a week since I've been in church at that point, since I've worshiped corporately with other believers. And so I going into a service, whether I acknowledge it or not, I understand that there's a war going on for my attention and that it's going to take a minute to get going. So I need as a, as an attender, I need my worship leader to lead me into battle. And that's the way I view worship leaders, because like even in old war times in the Bible, like they, the, they would lead into battle with the, with the music and that's how they, things went before them. And so when the worship team jumps out and starts sprinting and I haven't even stretched yet, yeah, it's yeah. just like, I, I get deflated as an attender because I feel like, man, I can't catch up with that. Like I'll sing along, but there's no way like they're so far ahead of me at this point that I don't feel like I can catch up. Yeah. Yeah. Or even the thought of like, I'm just not as spiritually mature as maybe, or I'm not, I'm not as deep as them or, 
or whatever. That's a hundred percent. I think even for me, I, I enjoy listening to worship music sometimes, even just like, uh, in the car, even it, it can be sometimes even musically, I just like listening to it. Um, so it's, it's throughout the week I'm listening to it quite a bit and you're always kind of in that mindset and it's so easy to forget that the people who are walking in Sunday morning whenever that service is the last thing that they've been focusing on for the last seven days is the worship songs that you've been focusing so much on and so I love even uh recently at my church we we started doing this uh uh, we call it like a a pre-roll track before worship starts kind of plays like a little a little song and uh, um, and then the the band comes up and they start kind of playing along with it it's just this fun uh kind of engaging piece and uh my favorite thing during that little uh during that track is uh it's like i think of it as like that moment of uh being like a flight attendant and greeting everybody before you take off on the flight because as the worship leaders the singers the band you kind of get to walk out there for a second smile at everybody and i'll say hey come on you know if you're still sitting down right now why don't you stand up to your feet with me let's put our hands together we're you know we're about to sing of god's love we're about to sing of the greatness of god uh you know and that kind of thing just like hey let's just get ready for a second let's just take 30 seconds have some fun stand up put your hands together and i love even just that uh just that activation of standing up and me putting my hands together or, or as somebody in the congregation, it's, it's like this, I don't know. It's like an activation of energy. It, it, it kind of, you invite um, me into what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so simple and it seems so, um, even somebody on the team the other week was like, why are we, why are we doing this? And I was like, it's, it's just this moment to be able to connect for a second. And, and you like say, Hey to everybody, you smile, you, you know, you maybe say something about how, you know, it's summer here in Phoenix. So you're like, Hey, it's crazy hot outside, but Hey, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're inside. Even if it's something that's a little bit goofy and funny and kind of makes people just uh, that's cheesy, you know, whatever it is. Like it's just this point of connection for a half a second and not in a way that's fake or inauthentic, but just to, just to take 10, 15 seconds and connect as a person before you start singing. Especially if you're about to lead me into a spiritual battle. Absolutely. Because, because then I, I'm, if you combine that with like some pacing in your expression, I guess you could say, then I'm going to follow right behind you. I can keep up with that. We'll get back to our conversation with Aaron in just a minute, but a common misconception is that StoryBrand is just a marketing tool or it's only useful in your communications. Hopefully by this point in this episode, you're realizing that the StoryBrand principles can really be applied anywhere within your church to make everything you do better. Once you and your team grasp the idea that you are the guide to take your people to Jesus, it totally changes how you do everything you do. If you'd like to find out more about what StoryBrand is, or if you'd like to begin the process of implementing StoryBrand into your church, I'd love to help you with that. Head over to HireJonathan.com and fill out the form there, and we'll begin a conversation about what it would look like to partner together to transform your communications so you can reach more people and have a greater impact in your city. That's HireJonathan.com to start the conversation about implementing StoryBrand and transforming the way you do church so you can have a greater impact and reach more people for the gospel of Jesus. But for now, let's go ahead and finish the conversation with Aaron. But I want to switch gears just a little bit. Yeah. Um, 
I know one of the things that kind of turned you on to this idea was the episode we did back in the spring called, uh, on the curse of knowledge. Yeah. And in that, ep- in the first episode, I talked about, um, the story of when my mom was on her deathbed yeah. and, um, to recap for those that haven't listened to that episode, um, basically, uh, I left my mom. I knew I was the last time I was going to see her. Uh, the next, the two days later, I walk into church and we sing King of my heart and you're never going to let, never going to let me down. And it made me angry. And I didn't believe it for a long time because there was no setup for that. It just, it, those lyrics hit me in my world and turned me off, um, for a couple weeks. And so my thought was, if it's doing that to me, who is seminary trained and knows the Bible, what's it doing to people who are coming off the street and their world's falling apart? So when you heard that episode, what was the thing that resonated with you the most in that? Did you understand where I was coming from or had you ever thought of it from that side? I, I really, I didn't think of it quite like that. Uh, I, I've thought in the past of uh, being sensitive to where people are at before you um, um, encourage everybody to declare such truth. Um, before you, like, because at the end of the day, uh, you know, anybody who who loves the Lord and, and has a good relationship with him, they, they do believe, you know, deep down that I know that God's intent is never to let me down. I know that he's, he's not here to harm me. I know all these things. But right now, uh, you know, whatever you may go, be going through, life is horrible. It, 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 it's everything hurts right now. And I think in that story I heard, you could, you could feel this, uh, at least from my perspective, I could hear this tension between, uh, you said you, you knew the worship leader who was singing that you could feel this tension between them leading this moment and, and trying to encourage people to see this, uh, this goodness and faithfulness of God. And then you, where you had just said goodbye to your mother for the last time. And, and, and that tension of, of, what could be such a beautiful song and beautiful encouragement? It's like, hey, let's just see. Um, no matter what you are going through, uh, no matter what your life looks like right now, let's try and lift our eyes and and just see um, God and His greatness, or or whatever that is, whatever way to set up. Yeah, that that's moment. all it would have taken. Sure, sure. And I think it would have changed my perspective. And you can feel that tension just in that story of, uh, and in that one piece that would have kind of. Uh, helped you just where you were at and so many other people who um, whatever, whatever they're going through, uh, like I said, whether it's a, a fight in the car with a family or, or a couple that's going through a divorce or somebody that just lost their job. And then you just kind of, as that worship leader, you just get up there smiling and you're like, you are good, good. Come on. Everybody, come on. <laughs> so since that episode, um, I know you've been working on being the audience's guide and taking them to Jesus as opposed to assuming that they were already there. Yeah. So do you have any examples of how that's changed, how you lead worship? Or is there anything you, specific you can point to that you maybe do now different than like, say, a year ago? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think I it's a it's a mindset. Uh, it's a mindset shift 
before you go to lead worship, the mindset shift as you're planning a worship set to, hey, let me actually for just a minute, let me take off my worship leader hat. And what would work best here? What would this song go best into here? The key of this song. And let me for a minute just like wear my normal Aaron hat of, hey, how would this worship set feel if I was just standing in the room trying to connect with the God of the universe? Um, it's it's going back to the fact that at the end of the day, I'm I'm here to lead worship, not for me, not to fill myself up, um, and and yes, to to bring glory to God, but to help bring people to God. At the end of the day, this is all about the people that we're serving, and if I lose that perspective of the person I'm serving, you you completely disconnect from people, and so I think even just since a few months ago when I did hear that episode, it's it's a constant um, needing to go back to the view of the person that you're serving. I think that's where it all needs to flow out of. Not that you're, uh, uh, not that you are just, if somebody says, I don't really like this song. Great. Let me just, you know, never do that song yet. Not that you're just waiting and catering to everybody's wants and does not that kind of way, but in a way of let's go back to the perspective of people, of broken people who who haven't been listening to worship all week and knew who are going through stuff. And and it's so important to be able to have that perspective. I think one of the ways to categorize it is it's a shift from being a music leader or a song leader to actually leading people in worship of Jesus, leading people to the place that they can worship Jesus. Because when they come in off the street, I mean, you've got your 10% who are just like you, who've been listening to worship music all week, who they're ready to go. Um, But for the rest of us, the other 80 to 90%, you're now, leading us. So you're not, you're not just being an example for us, but you're kind of coming off stage to an extent and grabbing our hand and taking us with you. Sure. Yeah. And one of the things Kyler mentioned to me, um, cause he was at gateway before he moved. Um, he's, he's mentioned two different examples to me. One was with, um, the raise a hallelujah song. Yeah. And then one was with, um, another in the fire. Can you tell a little bit about just like, how you all introduced those within the worship set so that you could set the context of what you were singing. Yeah, that was really cool. I, I remember that during raise a hallelujah. Uh, I was not leading worship. Uh, our other, our worship pastor was, and I remember we were, we were going through the song. You know what I think too, I'll say this as well. I think there's a lot of worship songs being written now, especially that are like, they're a lot deeper. They're a lot more or not, not deeper. There are a lot more um, picture. There are a lot more, a lot more insider base that you have to understand the yes. theology and the depth of the Bible to really understand what the words are saying. Yeah, they're getting a lot more. Um, yes, which is a good thing to on one hand. Yeah, which is cool. It's just cool and can be really inspiring. But I think even with that song, I, even the first time you hear that title, raise a hallelujah, like you're lifting a hallelujah up. You're like, wait, what? I I still remember that, uh, that weekend we were going through that song and the response was, was pretty good from especially a lot of the, uh, you know, the normal, uh, people that you may regularly 
be around that they love worship music. And no matter what, 10 to 15% that's listening to worship music on Spotify while they sit at their desk. Yeah. No matter what song you do, they're like immediately their hands are raised. Like we we were going through that song and and those kind of 10 to 15%, they were, they were loving it. And you could kind of tell in the room that um, people were kind of connecting with this new song. And uh, one of our pastors came up in the middle of the song and uh, I mean, really simplistically, all he did is is kind of question like, hey, does everybody in this room know what the definition of hallelujah is? Because I, I think he said, I think he said, I don't even think I knew what the definition of the word hallelujah actually is. And he just stood back for a minute and he defined the word hallelujah and what it means to um, to make that declaration and to say that. And, and he kind of called everybody to say, hey, let's make the decision right now to, to, let me, I got to look up the actual definition of the word. Uh, but he, he said, let's, let's actually make that decision right now to raise this hallelujah to with our mouths, ascribe to God that worth and, and sing hallelujah for all that he's done. And you could tell the entire room shifted to like, Oh, now I'm tracking with you. Oh, all because he took 30 where, seconds to explain what you were singing. Absolutely. And it was so powerful. You could kind of feel everybody in the room kind of go, Oh, this is where we're going. Oh, yeah, great. Let's go. <laughs> and it's amazing how simple it is. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a small shift, but it's super powerful. Um, I think with. Um, the song, what I just mentioned the name of a second ago, I lost. Oh, another in the fire by Hillsong United. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was you guys or if it was someone else, but I remember just taking the time like, Hey, this song is based out of the Bible where Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were thrown into a fiery furnace. And when the King looked in, there was another person in there with them Yeah, and he was standing with them and he saved them through the fire. So as we sing this song, like, know that whatever you're going through, there's another one there with you. So you can, you can persevere, you can keep going. And just by doing that little 30 second spiel, it gives me the context I need to keep going and where, and it makes the song so much more real than if you were to just start singing the song. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one of the things that's so powerful about uh, congregational worship is um, I think we often even myself, sometimes you can lose sight of the fact that, hey, I can bring my mess into this worship setting right now. I can bring my real authentic self and all this stuff that's going on uh, in my life right now. Uh, I don't have to show up Sunday morning, well rehearsed in all the songs, smile on my face. Everything's perfect. I can actually bring exactly what I'm going through to the house of God and trust that his spirit's going to be there. His spirit's going to fill me up. There's going to be other believers there who are going to encourage me and fill me up. And I love that during, um, during those songs, during worship music, it's almost like the, the worship leader gets to kind of invite everybody into, Hey, you can bring your real self into worship right now, into the presence of God. Just know that uh, you're not standing here just to sing words at a wall. You're not standing here just to look like you have the part and like you, uh, you know, like everything's going great. You can actually like think about the real stuff that you're going through right now, bring that up right now and, 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 and make that decision 
to declare the truth of God over it. And I think that's such a helpful reminder. It is for myself uh, every single time that I go to worship God is, is he's, he's real in all of it. He's real in the middle of my mess. And I think that as worship leaders, as worship teams, as pastors, as all these different things, when we invite people to do that and to actually say, everything that I just said. And and when we actually invite people into that, I think they connect so quickly. Totally. It's just, we have to remember to, to give that invitation Yeah. because I think that a lot of times when we're on stage and I've done this before when I was on stage, like we think about that for ourselves, but we fail to invite others into it. So if we want to play their guide and lead them into worship of Jesus, we just have to be, cognizant of the idea that we need to invite them in and we need to explain those little things that we may take for granted on a week to week basis. Yeah, that's great. Awesome, Aaron. Thanks so much for joining us for a little bit today. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Jonathan. That's it for this episode of Solving Problems. Uh, thank you for spending a little bit of time with us. I'm going to go ahead and ask you to subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you listen on, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever it might be. Uh, we have dropped all eight episodes of this season all at once. So if you want to hear some other successes of churches that are using StoryBrand in all sorts of different ways in their teaching, in their communications, in their marketing, in all sorts of things, uh, we've got eight episodes for you, seven others from this season, or you can listen to the past two seasons as well to hear some more things about how you can implement StoryBrand into your church. But again, that's it for this episode. If you want to connect on social media, I am at Jonathan underscore Carone on Instagram and Twitter or Jonathan Carone on Facebook. Kyler is at Kyler underscore Nixon on Instagram and Twitter or Kyler Nixon on Facebook. If you enjoyed the episode, go ahead and share it with a friend and we will see you next time. Thanks, guys.